I'm Pat Hyben, and over the past 25 years, I've sold over 7,000 homes, selling over a billion dollars in volume. In 2010, I sold my team business to my top agent and went on book tour promoting my book, Six Steps to Seven Figures, a real estate professional's guide to building wealth and creating your destiny. That book went on to become a New York Times bestseller. Now I live off the passive income streams from the real estate I bought with commissions I earned as a full-time agent. And I am committed to giving back to the real estate industry as so many mentors of mine have given back to me. On this show, we'll interview the world's best agents, brokers, coaches, and investors to help you make more commissions and create the life you deserve. Happy Wednesday, Rockstar Nation. Uh, hope everybody is doing great and having fun. We have a great show for you today. But let me jump first into a couple of these reviews. Man, the reviews are coming in. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Please go to iTunes, hit subscribe, and subscribe. The more subscribers we have and the more reviews we have, the better guests we get. All right, this show rocks by Wow Wow Wiz. Pat is a living legend in real estate and a great host. He brings tons of energy and asks interesting questions. This is one of the best real estate podcasts. You should subscribe to it today. Thank you, Wow Wow Wiz. Great info by Knit Steady. I've learned a lot. I'm the head honcho of a real estate team, and there are so many ways to grow. Thanks for the info. Thank you for the five-star review, Knit Steady. Great content on real estate by Realtor Randy, one of the best podcasts going today. And then I got the best podcast out there by J.P. Zingerly. Pat Hyben's podcast is inspiring and informative, not only for real estate agents, but anyone looking to generate wealth, create passive income streams, and grow their own business. Thank you, J.P. Hey, five stars. Man, guys, keep sending these because uh, when you send them, I promise I will read them on the show. I am excited today because we are launching our newest Rebus University program. It's called the Five Alive program, and it was created and is used by an agent out of Virginia Beach, Virginia, named Chantel Ray. And what Chantel does is, other than sell a million houses, like literally she's her team sells over a thousand houses a year, she has a program where she guarantees 75 grand year one for new agents. And when I heard about this, I was like, whoa, 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 stop the record here. Let me back this up and find out about it. And I did. And I said, I'm coming to Virginia Beach. So I went out there. I stayed at her house. And I filmed Chantel Ray in her office and went over in detail this Five Alive program. And basically what it is, the agents do five things on the regular basis. And if they do that, they will make most likely over 100 grand a year. Most of them are making over 100 grand. But she guarantees them that if they don't, she'll make up the difference up to 75000 a year. 
And uh, she is a woman of her word, and this program works, man. This is in- incredible stuff. She was so generous. She has provided all the downloads she uses for her agents to going into the Five Alive program. She, you know, spelled it out. We got screenshots of what her of her agents working on the Five Alive program. Just a ton of meat and potatoes. And of course, like all Rebus University courses, it comes with, you know, quizzes and, and to keep you uh, intensely interested in it. So if you have a team or you are an agent yourself and you want to boost your business or make sure you, you know, rock it out this year and keep the commission checks steady, that is what happens here. You know, her agents don't have to worry about where the next commission check is coming from. Because once they're in the Five Alive system, they have check, 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 commission checks coming week after week with this Five Alive program. So anyways, I'm going to give 200 bucks off because we are in launch phase and I'm not going to keep this out there. This is going to be a limited time, only 200 bucks off. Go to rebusuniversity.com, go to the Five Alive program and coupon code Five Alive 200, Five Alive 200. I'll give you 200 bucks off, which is a smoking deal that others will not get, I promise you, in the future. Five Alive 200. Just the number five and the number 200. Five Alive 200. Thanks, guys. Let's do this. Okay, Rockstar Nation, we have a great guest today coming from Boise, Ohio. I got Kevin Carroll on the phone. And Kevin is, you know, he's a real estate agent through and through. But a couple things that are great about his business. Number one, he prefers listings, you know, for certain reasons he's going to go over with us. But also, he likes flipping houses in this economy. And uh, he's making so much money per house on a flip than he is a commission from selling it. And we're going to find out why he's chosen to round his business around that as well. So without further ado, Kevin, welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. Thanks. Happy to be here. Hey, why don't you give everybody a rundown on who you are so they can get to know you better, Kev? Sure. My name's Kevin Kerr. I live in Boise, Idaho, and I've um, been in the real estate game for about nine years. And in that time, I've sold about a thousand houses and flipped about a hundred homes in the last couple years. So I have two admin, one buyer's agent, and then there's two owners, my business partner and I. So we run a pretty tight ship. We just have a real small crew, um, a couple other helper people that come in from time to time, but that's pretty much it. And focus mainly on bank owns, which I've done throughout the last downturn. And then, um, you know, we can get into this flipping business as well and how my business has kind of transitioned to more investor-based than uh you know, retail and stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. So you've sold a thousand houses. You flipped a hundred. Let, let's talk about um, some numbers here. First, I'll jump right into it because uh, people yeah. are wondering why. I think a lot of people out there think that, you know, there's too much risk involved uh, with flipping, but I think they, at the same time, they're not looking at the reward that's that usually comes with it. So what's your average yeah. commission or what? Yeah. So what's your average profit, right? On <clears throat> selling an REO. Or selling um, a listing, you know. Yeah, I mean the bank owns don't don't pay that great sometimes. So 
we may make two or three thousand dollars commission on a, a bank owned property. Sometimes, you know, between one and five is more like two and three though average is our average commission. And what do you what do you make on a, a flip? Between five and twenty is my cut. Okay. So so yeah. let's say you make uh, twelve thousand roughly uh, average versus three thousand or twenty five hundred. Twenty five hundred versus may be, twelve thousand. It may be average of like seven thousand bucks is my cut of these deals in a, in a flip. So it's at least double. So what do you say when you say your cut? Explain so, how you break it down. Yeah. So I run a nationwide flipping business. So I flip across the country with my friends. So there's four people that are involved in the profit of. Um, well, three, sorry, that are involved in the profit of the flips that I run. So the person that supplied the money, which is the investor, myself for managing in my office for managing the deal itself, and then the real estate agent on the ground that actually manages the renovation and the sale of the property. So um, if I do them here in Boise, you know, I am that agent. I, you know, I manage the renovations, I manage the sales, but in other states, you know, I have partners that do those components for us. So they share in the profit. I don't look at them as an agent. I look at them as a partner. And so they share in the portion of the profit of the flip instead of just making a commission. Hmm. Okay. Well, that makes a lot of sense. And can you give us an idea of how, like how you split up percentages wise? Yeah. So the agent makes 40% of the profit. Hmm. I make 25% and the money makes 35%. Okay. And there's no interest on the money then? Just if we do, man. yeah, I mean, if if we do have an expensive one, we only have a certain amount of cash, uh, you know, we don't have unlimited amounts of cash. So if we do finance a deal, that uh, interest just gets absorbed into the costs of the deal. Right. But essentially, uh, you know, that's how they get paid, right? They get paid with 35% of the profit um, yeah. for putting up the money. You get paid yep. your 25 for yep. bird dogging it essentially, right? And and run and managing. So we, you know, I signed to purchase the house. So I I signed for the LLC. So the LLC owns the property, but I I do that. Yeah. And then uh, yeah, and then we run the deal together and I sign as the seller when we sell it. And do you take commissions on both ends or do you put those back into the pot? If there is commission on the buy side of the deal, the agent on the ground gets that. And then on the sell side there's no commission. To okay. the, the other partner. And if their broker makes them take it, they can have it. But it just comes out of their portion of the profit. And, and are you doing these deals outside of Boise as well? Yeah. Yeah. In Chicago, three areas of Florida, Kansas City, Missouri. We got one in Renton, Washington. A couple We did one in Montana last year. Um, yeah. So lots of different places. So people actually listening to this could even call you up and say, hey, Kevin, I got this, yeah. I got this opportunity. Yeah. And... I'm just going to ask you, so if you, if you want to do that, that's awesome because I'm always looking for more deals. Um, I'm just going to ask you, you know, what your experience is and how long you've been working with your contractor and things like that. Okay, So, so I so, want to make sure you know what you're doing. So let's say we can learn from this in a couple of ways. Number one, we want to learn what makes a good flip. And, then, and also, yeah. if someone's listening and wants to do this with you, they could um, know what to look for before they would call you. But certainly what you're going to look for is exactly what any investor out there or any savvy investor is going to look for. So what yeah. makes a good flip? Can you dumb it down for us? Yeah, sure. So um, I, 
I don't flip in the $2 million high-end stuff in California. I, I flip in the middle America, the, the middle price house in your neighborhood at the 3-2 two-car garage that needs, you know, that's 40 years old, that needs uh, $40,000 in work. We're going to rip out the kitchens and bathrooms and put a new roof on it and, um, you know, a garage door and an HVAC system. And, you know, the homes that are that old, they just need refreshed. And so that's our typical flip or buy something for 80, put 40 in it, sell it for 199 grand or something like that. That's a, a typical flip for us. So if you want to know if you have a deal or not, uh, I made a little flip spreadsheet. It's really simple. So if you go to my website, you can download it for free. It's called a journey to financial independence.com. Wow. So that's a, that's a mouthful guys. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to, uh, if, if you could just email that to me as well, Kevin, Yeah. I'll put it on the show notes. Uh, hybendigital.com backslash Kevin Carroll. Um, yeah. So you guys can go to Hyben Digital. I'll put that up there as well. So, um, okay, that's cool. So it basically takes, it's just a worksheet that, mm-hmm. that takes them, you know, through the process. And, yeah, and uh, it has all the costs involved in the flip. So when you watch those TV shows and people say, you know, oh, they bought it for 100 and put 50 in it and sold it for 200 well, they made 50 Well, they really made like eight. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Because there's all kinds of fees involved that people forget about. Title fees, closing fees, you know, if you had hard money costs in there, did you stage it? Did you have a professional photograph? What were your holding costs? What were your utilities and taxes and all that stuff during the whole time? There are so many things that, did you mow the lawn while you owned it for six months? Probably. So, <laughs> you know, there's there's all those costs involved yeah. in there that people and, forget. And on the TV and, show, of course, they get all this stuff for 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 cost or less just because yeah. the people want their name on tv or they want to be shown delivering the staging stuff or yeah or what have you yeah yeah that, it, it's always a scam they simplify it on that and you know i've talked to some people i uh, had a few people on the show that have been involved in the reality uh tv flipping shows among others uh-huh. and they say the whole thing is staged massively staged yeah you know? yeah. yeah it's real i mean we we lose money on a few and we make you know, we make some on most, and every once in a while we hit a home run, and most of the time our repairs go over 10% of what we thought, and we sell it for 10% less than we thought. We still make a good deal, but, you know, it, every once in a while we'll, we'll hit exactly what we thought, and that's refreshing. Um, but you got to go in these deals with, you know, I, I try to have at least a $30,000 profit on a deal like that. Um, 40 is better. So that... You know, if something happens and you have to sell for ten grand less, or you know the roof is shot and you forgot to figure that out, or there's so many reasons why you need that cushion in there. So yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. Yeah, well, it's going to be interesting. You know, I see this flipping industry and and even the buy and hold industry as fascinating because I thought years ago, right, that there were a ton of investors out there. Like, I don't have the exact numbers, but 30%, right, of the the transactions a few years ago were cash deals, meaning they were either hard money, home equity loans, or just fat out cash, right? They weren't traditional mortgage deals. Now I think it's even um, more, right? And, And there's even more people out there buying buy and holds and buying flips. And it seems like the demand the rental demand and the demand for a house that's fixed up and been flipped is greater than ever. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the baby boomers and younger generation, they don't want to fix something up. They don't know how they don't, 
they don't have any interest in that. And a lot of the neighborhoods, you know, that are built 30, 40, 50 years ago, those houses need refreshed and nobody has any money to do it or the knowledge or the want to do it. So, you know, we always put new appliances in the houses and uh, there's just certain things that you learn as you go. But as you go along, you know, I had somebody explain to me on another show. He said, for the first time, if you look at demographics for the first time in history, right, the millennial generation and the baby boomer generation want the same exact thing in housing. (laughs) Yeah, they do. They all want the little grandma houses, like I like to call it. Yeah. They want the little houses that are fixed up like a Trump uh, Trump hotel room. Yeah, modern Ikea or, you know, the gray tones are hot right now. Yeah, and uh, it's fascinating to me. It's it's interesting to think about it. And those are the two biggest uh, generations that are and spending money part, right now. Yeah, You know, the funny part, Pat, Pat too, is that, that the builders aren't building those. Not here in Boise. No way. They're building yeah, they build the big the, stuff. Yeah, the 2,500-square-foot, $400,000 houses. And I think that has to do with a profit margin, right? They're looking at yeah. it. They're looking at, okay, I can take this lot and I can build a 1,500-foot ranch on it or I can build a, a, a three or six or eight or 10,000-square-foot 10, mega mansion on it. And yeah. the profit on this, you know, is so much greater that it's almost a waste to put this little ranch on it. And, and I guess it must be working for them or they wouldn't be doing it. But one yeah, would I mean, think, selling. you know, one would think that if you could, div- if you could, if you can divide your lots up to be small enough, you'd sell out in a heartbeat if you just put little houses on them all. Yeah, and they do that in infill, you know, in the town and stuff, which I'm sure they're doing across the country, in like the higher density areas. Yeah, yeah, fascinating. So let's talk about REOs because you know I've been getting some questions lately. One of our listeners called the other day and and wanted to talk to me it was actually a dale archdeacon who um who i'm creating a course with and dale was curious about the reo business because he had read my book and in my book i talk about you know building uh, chapter five build building on a success up not from the ground up and i talked about how i purposely single-handedly i'll say at least at that time in the beginning built an reo business out of nowhere and mm-hmm. he wanted to know, you know, can an agent do the same thing today? What would your answer be if an agent has never done an REO hmm. before, but yeah. they want to build a big REO business? Can they do it? Well, not in Boise. There's uh, 10 bank owns in our whole county for sale right now. Um, and you have them all? No, maybe I have two or three. <laughs> but, you know, it it just depends on what clients we have, but... You know, when I when the when the market had crashed and we were fifty percent distressed here, I had eighty five HUD properties for sale all at once. I have one right now. Mm. So if you're trying to get into bank loans right now, it may be a long game play, but not a short term. There just aren't there aren't any here. And we're seeing these banks use a lot of alternative disposition strategies now. Um, and they're selling them to uh, you know, the big banks are selling them off to tiny little hedge funds and different things like that, too. So it it yeah, they're know, selling them rather world. than just throwing them on the market, yeah. because when they when they put a house on the market and f- when they foreclose on a house and put it on the market, it shows that they foreclosed on a house that they it basically shows that they agreed to a shitty loan yeah. and um, the well, person didn't pay them. And, I mean, Bank of America, in if you want to 
point out one particular bank. I mean, all these big banks, they don't want somebody that got foreclosed on to go on the national news and say, you know, this big bank did this to me. Like, they don't want that bad publicity. So, and some of them got, got it in the last downturn pretty heavily. And so that that affected their reputation as a big bank. So a lot of these troubled loans will go and get sold off to small little companies where they don't care about that. Yeah. And it, you know, and it, and it's a financial thing for these big banks too. It costs them a lot of money to manage these low dollar assets. You know, it may cost more, you know, half of what they have into it just to get it gone. Just yeah. Get it foreclosed and sold. Yeah. And it shows so, on their books as just a loss rather than a quote unquote foreclosure. They don't actually yeah. end up foreclosing on it. So if they can just benefit like, them, yeah. You know, on these low price properties, if they can just dump them and get them out of their portfolio. Now the default is so low, it, it doesn't make sense for them to have a full, you know, 80 employee REO shop anymore. They just, you know, dump them off to an outsourcer or something. So there's all kinds of reasons why they are, you know, and the business constantly changes. Um, but all that being said, like, I don't know what you think about the market right now, but it's been going up for a long time. And what's your point behind your point there? I think that it's time for it to go back down a little bit. <laughs> so what do you think is going to happen? I don't know. I think it I think it needs to correct about 20%. Whether or not it'll do it or not, it means that it'll just fall a little bit harder when it does. Well, like let's compare Boise, Idaho uh, house prices to 2007. Are you guys above 2007, <laughs> below 2007? What would you say? We're right at that mark. 10 years, we're at the peak of what we were 10 years ago. And five so, years ago, you probably said, uh, we're never going to be at that 2007 level again. It, you know, when, when the market fell 50%, we were, we, were <laughs> fi- we were over 50% distressed. And it's probably higher than that, too, because people were buying stuff and flipping it in the bottom and all that stuff, too. So, I mean, the market... A lot of the Boise homes were, you know, first-time home buyers, and then a lot of investors from California bought stuff here with no money down or little money down, and the market just some of these newer subdivisions that were created just got hammered. Hmm. Um, but all that stuff is recovered. It's all recovered, huh? Yeah, it's you know, there's not much there's not much default out there. Um, just your normal, you know, your normal amount that you'd have in any market. Yeah, and are you seeing any short sales at all? Yeah, a few, but yeah. just a normal amount. I see know. some other people out there advertising short sale training suddenly, and I'm wondering, you know, do they know something I don't <laughs> know? You know, what, why, why, yeah, why is it, I wonder, that people are suddenly interested in, hmm, should I get in the REO market? Should I get, take yeah. some short sale training? I don't, it doesn't seem like we're anywhere near that point yet. No, I mean, I, I would think it'd have to shift quite a bit. You know, before these properties become bank owns, they go into default and they get distressed and they get a little behind and then they maybe do a short sale and then and then they get foreclosed on and turn into an REO and that's a while down the road. So I don't know. Hmm. Well, it's fascinating to watch and I guess nobody knows. And I talked to someone the other day that said that, uh, you know, that he thinks there's another seven to eight years of appreciation in the mar- in the market cycle, which would be like almost a fifteen year cycle of ascendance for real estate yeah. prices. I mean, that's not normal. That's not. I mean, real estate. If it, what do they say? It goes in a seven year cycle. Seven typically? year cycle is what they say. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, yeah, if it if it if you look at the past history, it's come up for about you know seven years. So yep, absolutely, two thousand seven to now, it's yeah. actually been more. 10? I mean, if yeah. you say okay, it crashed in seven eight. You know, financial yeah. collapse Either happened in 2008. Then you had 9, 10, 11, where, you, you know, it was a, it was a freaking disaster. People were wrestling with the truth, trying to figure <laughs> out, you know, what happened to this equity. And, and, and you know, yeah. my house is still worth what it was two or three years ago. And then finally, the realization came 2011, 2012. You started to see a lot more um, ascension in prices. And, and then, so we're, we're already at, some would say... Eight years, right? 2009 yeah. to yeah. 2017. So it, it will be interesting. Yeah. And it's normal and it's natural. So don't, you know, I can't wait till it happens because I need to buy more real estate. And so I'm excited to be able to be able to buy them at better prices. At Rebus University, we seek out the best practices of today's top real estate agents and travel around the world to film them and bring them to you in an educational format. Listen to what one of North Carolina's top REMAX agents has to say about our new certified listing program. Hey, Pat, this is Buddy Blake with REMAX Essential. Uh, It's been a little while since we talked, but I wanted to call you and thank you and your team at uh, Rebus University. We did the Listing Agent University and Listing Specialist course. I did it myself months ago, and I will tell you that that was one of the most informative systems I've ever done. It is meat and potato stuff versus the theoretical bullcrap that you see people say and do and certainly you go to all these conventions and people show you all these whiz bang new ideas this was real in the trenches stuff and uh, i use it myself and you may not even know it but we use it for my team i have a team of about 10 and before i allow buyer agents to take on new listings and become listing agents per se be able to do listings they are required to go through this course also We've expanded it out. I have five REMAX offices, and we've got over 100 agents in our company, and a good percentage of them are now taking this course as a training program, especially new agents that we've onboard that are brand new into our system. We require them before they can go on their first listing appointment to take and pass this entire course. It is the best thing that's out there right now. And I want to thank you for putting it together. I'm looking forward to getting involved with some of the other courses and really looking forward to maybe a buyer agent course. That would be wonderful. But uh, I just wanted to thank you for the opportunity to work with your team. Thank you for taking the time to put it together. It was absolutely fabulous, Pat. Thank you so much. And I just hope you know how much you and your organization means to us. Thank you. For $200 off this program, use coupon code CLA200 at rebusuniversity.com. Now, do you hold anything you buy? Yeah, I'm building a 100-unit rental portfolio in the Tampa, uh, Tampa, Florida market right now, a little bit uh, west of Tampa. Okay, tell with me, a, tell me about friend. that. So you so, and a friend, 
said and, and we want to buy a hu- yeah, want to buy a hundred houses. Yeah, I I'm, I looked across the country, so my goal is to have enough passive income to be a hundred percenter. So the uh, the GoBundance model and you know all the different ideas I, I want to have. What, what Kevin's 100%. talking about, guys, is that GoBundance. We have a qualification. It's a group we're in together, where if you if your passive income, which we call horizontal income, meets your family bills, you're a hundred percenter. Hundred percent of your bills are paid through rental properties or passive sources. Okay, go ahead. I just want to clarify that. Yeah. So I'm probably about twenty percent right now and and uh I want to get to a hundred percent. And so the goal is to buy a hundred of these things and then well what we do is buy one with cash, um, fix it up with cash and then refinance it and then put a tenant in there. Or put a tenant and then refinance. So it's there's lots of you know information online that you can see that yeah you know the bigger pockets called the Burr method, but it, it's the same thing. And so we're we're buying these really distressed houses and and rebuilding them so that they're going to be good for 20 more years. And then putting a tenant in there and then um, refinancing them back out. Now, how hard is it to get a loan? And and so let let me dumb this down a little bit. So Kevin's saying, okay, you buy a house in Tampa, yeah. Florida. You buy it for 50, you put 10 in it, you got 60 in it, it's worth 85 fixed up. You put a tenant in there for the seven, nine, seven to $900 a month. Then you go yeah. to a bank and you say, hey, you know, now this house I, is worth 110. Yeah. Give me some I went money to, out. So the, the numbers that we're doing are buy something for 30 to 40 and put in 20 to 30 in them. So I have about 60 in them and they're probably worth 80. And then there's there's a couple of different commercial, if you could call them, banks that are out there called um, Colony American Finance, Five Arch Capital. Um, there's a couple other ones that are like in this new space where they take this thing and they, they sell it to Wall Street and they collateralize and put it up on there. And, um, they have pretty ex- uh, expensive uh, prepayment penalties. And the fees are, are quite expensive, but they'll allow you to refinance fairly quickly after you own the thing. So then we, you know, we have we have that option, mm-hmm. and then we found a a local credit union down there that uh, has about thirty five branches, and you know they want to have even though we have equity in the house, they want to have twenty five percent of our mo- our own cash in each deal. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to be levered in pretty low. Do you, say, do you have to sign personally for these things or can you we, put it under yeah. an LLC? We do. You have to sign um, personally. They're in an LLC, but we have to sign personally. We're probably only leveraged in about 50% though. So basically they're, they're, the way that they feel safe is they put a lien on the house, right? So they, they're only yeah. really looking – well, no, no beyond that, there's a lien on the house and – You've signed personally, so there could be a lien on your yeah. primary residence, everything. Now, do all of the partners have to sign personally? Yeah. So, okay. But the interest rate is so cheap, um, and the, there's there's it's $300 doc fee. There's a lot of reasons why we decided to go that route. What are the um, rates? Prime plus one, fixed for um, – it's a 20-year uh, AM with a 10-year balloon. Hmm. Prime plus one. Uh, so it's – it's really low rates, um, really low fees, no prepayment penalties, and it's a local credit union. She said 
a lot of this stuff comes down to relationships. So if you sell it to a big Wall Street fund and, and you get into a trouble, they're just going to foreclose on you. But this local credit union said when the last downturn happened, we had very little default because we just worked with people. Now, so, when you when you say prime plus one, it, essentially it's an adjustable rate, right? It's yeah, it adjusts, uh, it fixes for five years, and then at the end of five years, it looks at that rate and does prime plus one again for another five years. Okay, so it adjusts once, halfway yeah. through the term. Yeah, and then at the end of ten years, it balloons. Yep. Right. So, so it's, it's, not, like it's not as safe product. as your traditional, you know, 30 year fixed no. mortgage, but, but, no, it, but yeah. you can't, you can't buy in an LLC with a Fannie product. And I mean, I already have too many right. mortgages that right. let me do that anymore. So you have to go to a kind of a commercial blend and this bank will let me do as many as I want as long as I keep making my payments. Fascinating. Fascinating. Oh. Yeah. Well, I mean, the banks are definitely easing up. They're, they're much, much friendlier to real estate investors. I can remember, gosh, it's only been like five years, um, you know, getting a loan, you know, in 2008 happened, I panicked and I paid everything off, right? I just said, you know, all these rental yeah. properties, everything I had, primary residence, just whoosh, paid everything off like Armageddon, you know, is going to happen. And, and then yeah. as things started getting better, I said, damn, you know, I want some of this money that's just sitting there and all these paid off rental properties. So I went to the local bank that I had accounts with, and I said, will you loan me money against these? And they said, no, we don't do that, essentially. Long story yeah. short. Yeah. And um, I found one that did and was able to buy more houses, and everything worked out fine. And I still have those loans on these today, on those today. But I remember how much of a hassle it was. And it, and it seems like oh, even yeah. just in the last five years, it's, it's just a whole world of difference when it comes to trying to borrow money. As long as you have the, you can show the equity, it can be done. It can be done. I mean, every time I do a loan, I say I'm never doing another one, but then I find another deal, so I have to figure it out. But yeah, I mean, the banks, they just want to have every piece of information you could possibly imagine, um, which is fine. That's their job, um, to make sure that you're a good borrower. And the thing that we do is we make sure that every property has equity and every property positive cash flows considerably so that... If the market gets bad, now, when the market went bad last time, I, I didn't have very many rentals, but I don't think the rent rates went down. Hmm. What, well, what do you, okay, so, so let's get some specifics. What do you consider, uh, you said uh, that it cash flows significantly. What does that mean? Yeah, so on a little, on a little house that's worth, you know, 85 grand, if we have, you know, 60 in it and a mortgage of, you know, 45,000 bucks or something like that. The principal interest and tax and everything, you know, if you if you run the numbers, we cash flow about four hundred and twenty-five bucks a month on that property with that loan in place and all that, you know, everything accounted for with a little bit of uh, maintenance and vacancy and all that stuff. So, say four hundred dollars rounded. I mean, that's on a nine hundred dollar month rent payment. That's a pretty good cash flow. That's a lot, right? So, I mean, that's like forty that percent. Yeah, of your so people rent that are, is profit. We we try to get at least like one and a half times what we have. So if you hear the one percent rule, yeah, so the one percent rule. If sure. you're in it, if you're in it for ninety grand, you should get nine hundred bucks a month. Well, we try to do one and a half percent so that we're even. That's our that's our target. Um, what do you okay? So, that, so one and a half percent. Now, generally, what I've found, 
and, and this is not just in Maryland or South Carolina where I am, but uh, uh, throughout the nation, right? You can get 1.5% out there. And again, what he's saying, you buy it for 90 you know, he's looking for 1350 or he has 90 in it, which is, you know, probably yeah. buying it for 70 and putting 20 in it, right? Yeah. You want um, 1350 a month return. And so my question is, when you throw that out there in some of these areas, are you able to get tenants with decent credit scores? I don't run that part of the business, so I don't know. My partner in Florida. So I know some guys in Baltimore City that are doing this like with the hundreds of houses, right? Hundreds of houses. And, you know, they're getting a one and a half percent rule return, but they're taking things. They're taking people with 550, you know, 575 credit scores. And, and I think to myself, man, I mean, yeah, you might, are you actually going to get that 1350 or you'd be lucky to get half of it, you know, uh, over a course of 12 months. I don't know the answer because I'm not, I don't have, you know, the guts to do that myself. You know, I want, I I want my cake and eat it too. But uh, what are your thoughts on that? I I mean, I, all that stuff comes with risk and reward, right? I, the, um, the section eight housing, I, I'm learning a little bit about that as well. Cause I'm not, this is new to me, all this whole real, this rental thing. So I'm just making it up as I go. But the Section I li- 8 I like Section in Florida, 8. yeah, it pays good. Like here in Idaho, if you had a regular house that was, you know, a three-bedroom, two-bath, you can get way more on the fair market than you can Section 8. In Florida, it's reversed. So In Maryland, it's still, reversed. We get about a 20% yeah. premium on Section 8 and it eliminates the bad credit score issue because I don't give a crap about their credit score yeah. because Section 8's guaranteeing the rent. Yeah. So that is definitely a way to, yeah. um, I think that's a better, a much better risk than we renting a, it to um, a regular person. Yeah, this one house, we made it, we added a, we converted a few rooms and made a couple more bedrooms in it and we got like 13 25 rent or something and we were having a hard time renting for 1100 on the fair market so it it is it's a premium and it's paid by the government so as long as you keep the house in good shape you know as long as so i i don't i mean we'll see how that goes i mean hopefully those people stay for a really long time a lot of them do a lot of them do some of them don't you know but yeah i mean it's um it's good stuff but it's certainly it's certainly less risk i think than than the other way of saying, oh yeah, I get one and a half percent, but I take a five fifty. I'd rather get one and a half percent and and have the have a section eight in there, uh, so I don't yeah. have to worry about the credit report. One, but it's interesting. One other thing to consider that um, when you flip houses, taxes are expensive, very very expensive. Mm. So it all comes in to me as ordinary income, uh, you know, taxed at my 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 rates. But real owning, you know, cash flow real estate. It has so many benefits, you know. I'm sure you've talked about it before. Yeah. But the the tax implications. I just read uh, Tony Robbins' new book, Unshakable, and in there he talks quite a bit about when you think about what you're going to do to make money. Think about the tax implications of it as well, because it's your largest expense. Yeah. Yeah, 100. percent No, that's great advice. No, I haven't picked that one up yet. Uh, I was so scared by his last book. It was so huge. <laughs> that, uh, yeah. No, this, this, the beginning has a summary of kind of what, you know, of, of the, the huge book. And then the last, the second part <laughs> of it is kind of, you know, an action plan of what to do and how to do it and stuff I like love that. It. So it's, it's really good. I'll definitely yeah. pick it up and I'll put a link 
on the show notes here, hybendigital.com backslash Kevin Carroll. Kevin, listen, buddy, it's been an awesome show. I love talking about investing and money, and uh, I'm glad that you're a guy that gets both ends, real estate sales and real estate investing. So thanks yeah. for coming on. And, hey, Pat, uh, one yeah. quick thing I'd like to say is I, I wrote a book uh, at the end of last year as well I'd like everyone to look at. So if you go to a ajourneytofinancialindependence.com, that's where you can get that free flip sheet. Also, there's a link there to to buy my book, and it's on uh, on Amazon, and and it has a lot of more detailed information about we, what we talked about today. So if you want to check it out, that'd be great. Absolutely, guys, and I as well. If you're driving, I will put a link to Kevin's new book and Kevin's worksheet on hybendigital.com backslash Kevin Carroll. Thanks, buddy. Listen, I'll see you at the next GoBundance event. Yes, sir. Thank you for listening to Real Estate Rockstars. Please be sure to leave us a five-star review wherever you're listening. All five-star reviews help us get better and better guests for your listening pleasure. And if you have a great review, I'll read it on the show. We are so proud of this show now with over a million downloads in 79 countries around the world. Also, don't forget to buy my book if you haven't already. Six Steps to Seven Figures, a real estate agent's guide to building wealth and creating your destiny. With an intro by Gary Keller. Sold everywhere online books are sold. You can always go to pathyben.com and find out about all things Pat Hyben. And don't forget to follow me on social media. All you got to do is type in my name. I'm everywhere and easy to find. I hope to meet face-to-face someday, but in the meantime, let's meet on social media. Thanks again for listening, and keep rocking. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.